back. Let's just get right into it. Once again, joined uh, for the first time since the Almost Famous episode, one of our newly minted panellists, Kwaku. How are you? Yo, yo, yo. I'm good. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm even better to announce that for that she's on here for the first time uh, since our Get Out episode way back in the day. She's also now our regular panellist with us. Please uh, put your, ha- your hands together virtually uh, for Erin Michael. Erin, how's it going? Hello, friend. I'm good. How are you? Um, do you know what? I'm all right. I, do you know what I've done? I've started drinking more water because people okay. keep telling me it all the time and I feel better for it. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel Can better I just say, it. I was going to clap until you said virtually and so I thought, okay, I won't bother then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the hand raise and the Zoom call. Is what <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Uh, but Erin comes to, uh, to us with some very exciting news, Erin, because you met a... I think it's safe to say a legend uh, in the yes. documentary space recently. Yeah, a legend. It was Mr. Louis Bloody Theroux. Oh, God. Like, what happened? He is an inspiring man. So he just like, came in to chat to... I was on the Grierson Doc Lab scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came in to chat to us about documentary. And uh, he just... No one told us. He just His name pops on up on the Zoom call. <laughs> someone dressed as Louis Theroux would pop on up. But no, it was the man himself. Wow. Uh, and poor, I think it was Ramla from Manchester, held his book up on camera and just like tears in her eyes, <laughs> quaking. <laughs> that is such a shame. Wow. <laughs> like, but that brings, I've wanted to bring this up because it brings the question, like, for you guys, is there a celebrity who, if you met either in real life or over a Zoom call, that you would just completely break down over? Like, you wouldn't know what to say? Um... For me, it's Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho's one professional um, wrestler, Chris Jericho. Yeah, um, big time, big time fan. Of, like I even pretended I was injured when he was injured when I was younger. <laughs> it, it, was, it was a weird dynamic. It that, was weird, your, that was your kinship with Chris Jericho. You were yeah, we, we both we both injured our ribs, even though I did sweet to the next to the sweet SA. But oh well, it happened. Erin, <laughs> do you have an answer for that one? I think Graham Norton. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You better hope you don't get famous then, because that would be a really bad episode of Graham Norton. (laughs) (laughs) If you you (laughs) weren't... Just on the couch with your your drink and it's shaking in your hand. (laughs) Spill it over Paul Giamatti or something like that. Sit next to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of Paul Giamatti, he is in the film we're talking about today. And I find it quite funny how we went from prisoners and, you know, searching and almost famous, you know, these series, Oscar contender movies. And today we're talking about Rock of Ages from 2012. (laughs) 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 It's directed by Adam Shankman, um, whose other um, (laughs) directing efforts... I'm actually trying to look at this. Um, There's not too much. Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, The Pacifier, Hairspray. um, Like, you know, he's he's dotted. That's a solid... That's a solid IMDb page you've got there. That is <laughs> it's something else. Uh, he's also attached to direct the sequel to Enchanted uh, with with Miss Amy Adams, uh, which which is very interesting indeed. Um, it, oh, this one stars uh, who have you got? You've got uh, Julianne Howe. You've got Diego Bonetta, Russell Brand, Alec Baldwin, uh, the aforementioned Paul Giamatti, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and. Among other people, Mr. Tom Cruise is in this film. I'm just going to come for first first impressions to you guys, Erin. What were what was your broad thoughts on Rock of Ages before we get into any specifics? 
it's these films that I'm just like, so the director's just like called in a favour from anyone who knows. <laughs> That's, you know what happens? You just got this star studded cast just singing some rock songs. It's and that's of, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's and that, that's, that basically sums it up like totally uh, Kwaku you've been you've been pretty vocal in our chat about your negativity uh, towards this film a little bit well I, I, I was trying I was going to try and be as positive as I could but oh my god um, the thing is um, I've, I've got a new partner and she is helping me uh, with these films because I also told her that I lack in film watching her knowledge. So she's like, oh, I'll help you. So I think that's very kind of her. I told her the first film I've got when I, uh, we started dating is Rock of Ages. And she's like, cool. And it was that way of a cool that it's not cool, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I thought, I thought Okay, it's a bit early in this relationship, so let me work it. And I thought, let's watch it together. And oh my god, yeah. no. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. It's been a while since I think we've done a, a bad film, right? And I love these episodes because it's just so much more fun than like because oh, <laughs> the prisoners episode were great. We're like, oh, the cinematography is brilliant. Oh, the score, it's wonderful. The acting, oh, oh, I'll tell you something for free. And then with this, we're just going to be like, I um, maybe maybe the Pat Benatar song was good, you know, like <laughs> that was. <laughs> Um, so we usually guess the budget in the box office for movies, but I'm not going to get you to do that because it is sad uh, viewing figures. It was made for a budget of $75 million, uh, this film. And could, I guess, could I guess the box office? Go for it. Uh, two pounds. I hope nobody else <laughs> That was just Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually made 59.4. Uh, million okay. dollars, so it made a 15 million loss um, on the budget alone, oh, not including you. advertising, uh, which was quite heavy for this film. If I do remember back at the at the time, um, we'll try and get into some positives on it first. Erin, uh, we'll come to you first on this. Is there any positives that you're able to take uh, from the hot mess that is Rock of Ages? Um. um... <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Jones hasn't looked better. <laughs> yes, that's fair she enough, actually. fantastic. <laughs> she, she was rocking it in that outfit, man. And I have to say, right, it actually leads me on to, I want to talk about Catherine Seta-Jones specifically, because Hart and Tom Cruise seem to be the only people who know what movie they're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get this impression that both of them know that this is shit. <laughs> like so they're just like I don't care I'm going to give like the most over the top performance on the planet and I have to say the scene where she does sing hit me with your best shot in that church might be my favourite scene in the entire film oh god yeah for me it was Stacey Jacks and Stacey Jacks rocking it out that was that, that one was pretty cool to see Tom Cruise in his element with a nice mullet or a mullet in general, I should say, and just rocking out. I, I think that took it for me, but everything else, like my biggest gripe was whereas the music was good, the music didn't suit the occasion they were trying mm. to describe, if you know what I mean. It, it yeah. was just weird. 
Like I'm not. Mm. I know a musical is a musical. Uh, I've not. Well, I've not seen any musical since Mary Poppins. But here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it just didn't fit right for me. So it was really hard to follow the plot of this movie. Mm. Well, that was the thing. Like the song transitions are are very very. Um, clunky to say the least. I remember my favourite part is they're trying to establish their relationship in the record shop and they must say like two words to each other before he's like, Yeah, I want to be a jukebox hero, and then he just starts singing jukebox hero. <laughs> and I'm like, There's no organic setup to this whatsoever. <laughs> but then, I've, but I will say this, right? I, I, it is a guilty pleasure film of mine because I can look at this film and I can go objectively but this is a, a big hot mess it's like a steaming pile of shit but like you guys say when you look at like Catherine Zeta-Jones like having the time of her life and she's like my favourite line for her she's like three things sex <laughs> hateful music and sex <laughs> <laughs> I love that and then Tom Cruise she's on the phone to the guy and he's like yeah, sorry I'm listening he's like she liked my ear man she blew my world <laughs> like, and you're like it's the most ridiculous thing like ever Erin are you are you on board with Kwaku on the the Tom Cruise Stacey Jacks train here oh yeah definitely um, they, were, they were the best and I think if everyone was as like into it there would be a different vibe going on. But the the main girl was also mm. a remake of Footloose. Yeah. Um, yeah Julianne Howe. It's just that is that her vibe? Is that is that, <laughs> is that is that what she does? Is that just well she was um Julianne Howe, she's actually she's a dancer professionally. Um she was on the uh, American version of Strictly Come Dancing, Dancing with the Stars uh, for a number of years before trying to break out as an actress. Um, and she's a judge on the 2019 season of America's Got Talent. So, so yeah. all makes sense. <laughs> all makes sense. Her brother also used to date Cheryl Cole. So, yeah, <laughs> t- take of that what you will. But, um, <laughs> Kwaku, Erin's uh, brought up the leads there. One, Julianne Howe, uh, she plays Sherry. Um, who's the small town girl living in a lonely world and Diego Benetta <laughs> is the city boy born and raised in South Detroit what did you make of the, the two leads in this film Kwaku? I get see see, because of the way the film was set and everything about it at for, like for at first watch it was kind of hard to um, like kind of follow what they were exactly doing and then I just had them off, and my, my default thing was just go total Scottish. And mm. I just thought to myself, are you just going to pump or not? <laughs> like, that's all I thought. <laughs> I of following the story. So I had to watch that second time around. So, yeah, and, and sorry, this is going to be second time films, unfortunately, for this uh, episode. <laughs> um, so, but I, I still. I, I I watched I watched it with gritted teeth and I'm out to be honest. Second time around, I was just listening out for the music again because the music's not bad. The music's, in fact, no, I, I'll rephrase that. The music's very good. It's just that it didn't fit the same. I mean, I don't know about anyone out there. Maybe you can tweet me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't think that "Don't Stop Believing" would be a song you play to get to 
have sex with, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see. What is your favourite song in the movie, Quacky? Just while we're on the music. Um, it's what uh, I keep forgetting the name of it. It's by Def Leppard. Uh, is it um, Pour Some Sugar In Me? Yes, yes, that yeah. one. I love that. That is so um, good. It's such yeah. a good moment as well. And uh, Tom Cruise mm-hmm. went through extensive vocal training for it as well. Do you think he pulls it off with the singing in that one? Yeah. Oh, um, like, but that that for me was what really, because he just looked like he was in his element. Mm-hmm. Some, something I'm interested to know is how much of the singing was actually done by, like, the cast, or was it done, like, by... It was other... all It was all the cast. It was all wow. the cast who sang, wow. sang here. Tom Cruise did all his own vocals. Um, and then you have... The, the, the thing is, they hire mostly, like, Mary J. Blige is there for her singing ability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then Catherine Zeta-Jones just absolutely kills it <laughs> when, she's, when she's singing as well. Erin, what was your, your favourite song uh, performed in the movie? Go on, well, probably hit me with your best shot. Definitely. Yeah. 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 That, that, made me, that made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> as all things with Catherine Zeta-Jones do exactly. um, I have to say I think uh, the, the soundtrack did pretty well I remember owning the CD um, when when it came out and <laughs> this was how far back this was we still had like printing C- CDs kids uh, but it peaked at number 5 uh, on the album chart in the US um, and it okay, sold, wow. uh, sold 320,000 copies uh, as of May 2013 um, I like what it did alive I like, I like Tom Cruise's version of what he did in Alive as well. Um, I just I think he nails it. Even though it doesn't make sense, he's like, who is the real Stacey Jackson? And he's just like, I'm a cowboy. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you're no, mate. Like, <laughs> you, you really are, mate. Uh, also, like, uh, we built this city and we're not going to take it. Like the Russell Brand, Catherine Zeta-Jones going back and forth, like over the barricade. Uh, I think that's dead fun because it's like we're not going to take it. It's meant to be like against the man, but here it is like the pure Christian wife's group, like using it as their own album anthem. You know what I mean? I just think it's dead, dead quite funny. Um, we talked about the leads there, and just to go back to them quickly, I honestly think they have like no chemistry. They have about as much chemistry as a, a biology teacher pumping a physics teacher. You know what I mean? Like there's absolutely, <laughs> there's absolutely like no, nothing going on there. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, trough. What happened at your school? What's your sir? I will. I will not speak ill uh, of, of Doctor Lesko Quacku, and you cannot make me. Um, but Erin, uh, uh, we'll come to you. Where does this rank among the worst? Uh, uh, chemistry between love interests and movies are there any that come to your mind that you think are just immediately worse uh, than these two I like that question mm. oh that's a oh no there's definitely worse out there yeah I feel like I don't know Velma and uh, the boy from Buffy and Scooby Doo wow yes yes Six. right that's his name yes I like that one from the second Scooby-Doo movie, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Monsters Unleashed. I think it, uh, Linda Cartellini <laughs> and uh, Seth Green, yeah? Yep. That's class, man. That's a good one. Quacku, you haven't seen many movies, but have, uh, you, um, have you seen a worse <laughs> on-screen combo than this? Oh, t- uh, I'm trying to think of films I've seen with a, like a <laughs> dynamic duo relationship type thing. Uh, the answer is very, very few. <laughs> I'm not <gonna> lie. <laughs> That's fair enough, man. We'll just say David Campbell and Jack Higgins for your answer then. <laughs> um, 
Um, but like, it's, it it just goes to show, like with this film, like it's translated from the stage version, and I actually have seen the stage version. It's very fun because you get the interaction of like the audience and the crowd. Everyone's up on their feet, they're clapping along. You know, what I mean, they're rocking out. Um, but it's like basically taken like word from word for word from the stage version. And it just, sometimes it just doesn't translate to screen. Like, we've talked about on this show, Les Mis uh, before, which works because you're up in the scale of that, you know what I mean? You get to see the barricade, it, it's full glory and stuff like that. And while the singing isn't as good as the stage version, uh, you're getting other things for it. Rock of Ages doesn't really, really offer that, if that makes sense. I'm trying to think of, like, other Broadway adaptations that have done it well or not so well. Erin, do you have any? Uh, favourite musicals that have been adapted from the stage that have went on to do well in film? Musicals from the stage? Um, oh no, well, Legally Blonde went the other way, didn't it? That went the other way, but that's a class example. I think. Yeah, that was yeah. done really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've seen that film. What? Hey. <laughs> I've seen that film. Oh no, I need to find an way to do the Legally Blonde show. <laughs> <laughs> You've disappointed me. <laughs> to be fair, it was in the cinema years ago, so I probably forgot most of it. Fair enough, with a close personal friend of the show, Reese Witherspoon, a mutual friend from a <laughs> FTTV interview. Um, but yeah, we've talked about um, we've talked about the music, we've talked about uh, the performances of the two leads, um, and also Tom Cruise and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Erin, uh, was there anything else about the movie that just made it not quite work from you outside of these things? Like, was it the story? Was it was it the way it was shot? Like, what what doesn't make this film work? I think it was the story. It just felt like disjointed. Mm-hmm. There wasn't something like it just didn't flow. And a film that like makes me want to go on TikTok instead, like that's not great. Yeah, that's a, that is not great. And your tech, I would TikTok this. There's bits of this that would make excellent TikToks. Like I, I want to get, in, I want to get in a church somewhere and start reperforming uh, your best shot. Some uh, scene for TikTok. Uh, Kwaku, what was it for you? Can you put your finger on the X factor that just made made this film yeah. wasn't working for you? They went for style over substance. They went for big name people from different walks of life. Like uh, they went to the best in comedy the best in R&B, the best in um, general acting, mm-hmm. and then just try to give her... I mean, I wouldn't say half arse because, I mean, the production looks quite good in the sense of all the music and the theatrics and stuff like that, but mm. it just seems like they were trying to fob us off with, here's Tom Cruise, here's Catherine Zeta, here's Mary J. Blige, here's Russell Brand, here's Alec Baldwin... Mm-hmm. Um, they're in it so you must like it it's that kind of thing of like if you're at a comedy show or something mm-hmm. and it's not really funny and then one person who's a known comic laughs and you expect everyone to laugh from that it's like mm-hmm. no it's not nah, just doesn't work and that's the thing like it's, it's the surface level nature of it like because it's meant to be a cheesy musical but you can't have that and no have like genuinely funny moments, you know, like a plot that flows. And it's weird, Quacko, how the last show you're on is Almost Famous, which is a deep dive into the the sort of unfiltered view of the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, that Mm -hmm. does it really well. And then we get Rock of Ages where he's just like, that's right, hey, man, rock and roll will never die. And they're just like, no, no, man. It's just just no working at all for me. And I I completely agree with you. Uh, One thing I wanted to to bring up was... uh, 
the relationship between Russell Brand and Alec Baldwin's characters in this movie. Because mm-hmm. um, the relationship seems to come out of nowhere. They sing the song, uh, I Can't Find This Feeling Anymore. By the way, I don't mind that rendition of it. It's actually... <laughs> I mm-hmm. listen to that. Uh, but Erin, I just wanted to ask the question, do you think the movie tries to play their homosexual relationship for laughs here? Uh, and do you think that's a product of the time or do you think that was probably still outdated by 2012? I'm unsure because they kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, they only really did it at the end. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to make more of a laugh out of it, there would have been way more like, I feel, sexual tension and jokes throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I'm unsure. It's a bit yeah. weird. Because, like, why did they just drop it? It's as if the writers kind of gave up, as if they were writing it at the time <laughs> of filming. Yeah, and they're just like, you know, we need something for, for Russell Brand and Alec Baldwin to do. Oh, we'll put, we'll put them in a relationship. They haven't been on in a while. <laughs> You're gay. gay. I be gay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you be gay. Yeah. You, <laughs> who says I'm gay? Um, well, I've got a quacku. What did you think of their relationship in the movie? Again, just uh, completely out of nowhere. Because mm-hmm. like they were just singing and singing and whatever have you, then all of a sudden that the moment just captures them and all that stuff. So like maybe it was a bit cheap. I uh, I don't know purely because of the fact that it was just really hard to follow this film. So trying to work out what exactly how it even happened or whatever have you, if it's just weird. Yeah. Not the just... actual kissing, I should say. To like just yeah. the whole thing about it it just seems like it's thrown in there out of nowhere yeah. which is why I, why I wanted to bring it up I'm a bit curious on it as well you know just like what is the purpose of that well if anyone listening has an opinion drop us a tweet um, at first time films uh, and interact with us we love it guys we love it um, well, Kwaku you are uh, you've mentioned Chris Jericho in the show uh, There's a, you're a wrestling fan uh, did you spot the wrestling connection in this movie no I was so I was so bored. I was just like, what's going well, on? Well, <laughs> you might have noticed one of Tom Cruise's bodyguards, Quacku, oh. was that was actually big sexy Kevin Nash. Um and that's Do you know something? Do you know something? It's only that you say that I remember and I turned around to my partner and I said, Oh, that's Kevin Nash. And I'll, it's only now I remember it. God, I was so mind blanked by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and I can't actually remember the name of Paul Giamatti's character, but I just call him Paul Heyman. Uh, like, yeah. when I see him on screen. Because it's just like an absolute uh, carbon copy of that character. Like, I think with, like, there's not... When you've got a surface-level bad film like this, right, there's not much you can actually say about it other than like it is what it is it is quite bad it's no there's no the best thing you're ever you're ever going to see um but and i'll come to you first for your final thoughts and did i ask do you want to give rock of ages a score out of 10 for us out of 10 i give it half a star (laughs) 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 two house points i don't know um it's i'm Oh god, I can't even like bloody think of final thoughts. It, it's it's saying something that I enjoyed Footloose and a remake over this. Uh, <laughs> I think my fin- yeah, my final thoughts is I'm not gonna watch it again or recommend it to absolutely anyone. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. Uh, Quacky, your final thoughts and a score out of ten for Rock of Ages. Right, well, I actually heard that 
it's not even the, like the actual musical. Is they change the plot a lot mm-hmm. in this film compared to the actual musical that you see in Broadway and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know the plot of the musical. Maybe I should go watch it one day if it appears or whatever. Perhaps, perhaps just to see. Uh, is it really that bad? But anyway, um, I, but I, I just I'm, I'm not gonna watch it again for sure. Mm-hmm. I will give it two out of ten purely for the music and uh, Tom Cruise's uh, rocking out performance. And that's oh. it. That's... Well, I ha- I have to say, like I'm always the most generous person on this podcast when it comes to ratings. I'm gonna give it a five, right? And hear me out in this because I watched it back, and there were moments that I did get enjoyment out of it. Like the the, the music performances are are fine, they're great. Tom Cruise, like we've said, is loving it. Catherine Zeta-Jones is absolutely loving it. So I can't, I don't think I can give it less than a five because, Erin, like you, I'll probably never watch this film again, right? Like this, I was forced to watch it for this show. Um, but having said that, I did get some joy out of it. So I'm going to throw it a bone, try and try and eyeball <laughs> it a bit here, you know, compared to you guys. But we do have a new, we wouldn't be able to dissect uh, the, 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 I don't know what you call it, the hot mess that is Rock of Ages in any great detail. So I do have a couple of pieces of movie news to fire at you guys today uh, to get your take on. Yeah, the first, the first one was reported by Deadline um, and it concerns Ridley Scott's upcoming true crime drama, uh, about this assassination of assassination of Gucci, assassination Gucci of assassination. Uh, <laughs> uh, so basically, um, it talks about him. He was gunned down by a hitman hired by his ex-wife, um, who his ex-wife is already been cast in the movie, and it will be played by it will be played by Lady Gaga, um, who of course made our, a huge uh, impact on screen um, and a star is born a couple of a couple of years ago. Um, but the film's cast has has been expanded. Robert De Niro. Al Pacino, Adam Driver, and Jared Leto are all in talks for this film. Um, so, Erin, I'm going to come to you about this. Like, first question: uh, Are you um, interested in hearing the, the story about the assassination of Gucci? And two, what do you think about Lady Gaga's continued um, expansion into the world of movies and cinema? Well. I'm going to hit you with some straight facts. I actually haven't seen A Star is Born. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, no way. No, I know. I'm getting put in the spreadsheet right now, by the way. Just yeah. that's, that's shocking. You've never seen Star is Born. No. <laughs> I can't keep that up. No, that sounds really good. Because um, I, I really liked... Wait, is this... this is, it can't really be a continuation of this uh, Assassin on Versace, right? Yeah, it's a, a different assassination, but it just so happens to be two uh, two fashion icons who are both assassinated. I, I love that one. That was really interesting. Um, and like super well made and it looked absolutely gorgeous. So if it looks the same, then hell yeah. And the casting is really, really good. Yeah, it does. And uh, Kwaku, I'm going to, I'll come to you. Which name that I said there really stood out in your mind as someone who, you know, might get you to give this film a chance? Uh, De Niro for me, purely mm-hmm. because he's in my favourite film of all time, Goodfellas. Yes, I've actually seen that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's the name. I'm interested to see Lady Gaga in a film though, because I, I think she's stupendously talented in so mm-hmm. many different ways. So mm-hmm. seeing her acting, I mean, why not? I just hope it's not like the approach Rock of Ages did, where it's style over substance. If you know, I, what I, mean. I can't that, imagine it's. I can't imagine it would be like a with take Lady Gaga first. You know, with them. Um, as she said, if you're in a room and 99 people don't believe in you, 100 people, you just need one to believe in you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it seems like uh, Ridley Scott's given her that chance. And Ridley Scott being attached to it, look, he's been a bit hit and miss uh, in recent years, obviously. He did do the Prometheus films, um, which are the follow-up to his, his famous film Alien, which they weren't that well received. Um, but he also did, uh, what was the one he Try to think, it was the one where he had to recast Kevin Spacey. At the last minute, um, a couple of years ago, um, all the money in the world. So he did that. That was well received. The Martian received a lot of critical acclaim when it came out. So I, I'm going to put my my faith uh, in Ridley Scott's hands with this one. Um, for myself, looking at that cast, um, it'll be interesting to see Pacino and De Niro team up again. Uh, I didn't really enjoy The Irishman, to be honest with you, um, but. They're two very, very talented actors. So if we do get an our team up with those two on screen, I think I'll I'll be happy with that one. Uh, the next piece of news, I don't know um, if it's going to interest the two of you at all, but it is a big thing that we need to talk about. Uh, ben Affleck is back as Batman, ladies and gentlemen, in the most up and down saga since she wrote The Incredible Hulk at Universal. Uh, he he's back and he's going to be in the Flash film now. Let me explain this to anyone who might not know why this is such a confusing story. Right, so Ben Affleck played Batman in the Batman vs. Superman movie and Justice League. He was then signed on not only to star in the Batman movie, but also to write and direct it. He then pulls out of that movie both as star star and director and is replaced by Robert Pattinson in the lead role as the Batman, who will be playing a younger Batman. As this is going on, we hear that Batman will be in the Flash movie, but he will be played by Michael Keaton, who played Batman in 1989's Batman <laughs> way back in the day. And now the news is coming out that there will be two Batman in the Flash film, and the other will be the returning Ben Affleck. So, Erin, now that I've said that, <laughs> what are your general thoughts on this big mess that is the legacy of Ben Affleck as Batman? I know you can't see me right now, but I have like printed out all the photos and drawn string in between, and I still understand <laughs> what you've just explained to me. You've got your con- your conspiracy board up. <laughs> yeah. So there's two Batman in the same film. Is that what you just said? Yeah. So it looks as though there'll be a time travel element to it. So like Ben Affleck will play the present day Batman, and like Michael Keaton will be like the older Batman like, later in his life sort of thing. Jaded Batman. Red string has been drawn. Okay, right. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I, think like I quite enjoyed as as a Batman. Um, mm-hmm. But I also just have, like, it myths me, is that the right word, that uh, when they use two different actors for the same character, like, so there's now Robert Pattinson. Um, I just quite like, I just quite like my Lin- Lin- Yara. Uh, I can't see the word. Lenny, yeah. no. Lenny That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. I want someone recognisable. I don't want three Batman in 2020. That's not what I want. I've yeah. had enough. Yeah, I get you. I actually, I'd probably completely agree with you. And uh, 
Kwaku, when you hear this news as someone who isn't uh, a huge superhero fan, and does it make you more interested, or does it just make you like go, nah, nah, I can't be bothered with all of that, all that mess over there? To be honest, it, just, it doesn't make a bat difference. Sorry, <laughs> I used the word bat there, but oh well. Um, yeah, it, it, it just doesn't make me a difference. It really doesn't. Uh, I am going through an education, though, at the moment, where I'm trying to see more films and stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe I'll see it. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I've, at the moment, I'm not going to lie, I have no opinion on it. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Um, and Erin, you put up a good point about just being uh, three different Batman there um, that right now, um, and it just being far, far too much. Um, do you think it's a general problem with just superhero fatigue and maybe just too many uh, superhero movies? I think so. I think it is a little bit, I suppose, overexposed at the moment. Um, but it's the it's what's making money, so you can't really, <laughs> can't complain. Um, and it, like as someone who's obviously just graduated from a film and television degree, it did bring a lot of, like, filming into Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Batman did. Yeah, so I'm getting my Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't complain, but, yeah, there's too many superhero films. Now that Endgame is done, I think I think that should be the Endgame, and we should mm-hmm. move on. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... We will move on from that piece of news to our last piece of movie news today. Um, and this is an interesting one. Uh, so the headline is from Screen Rant. And it says, bring it on, sequels will borrow from the MCU. Um, and basically, to sum up this story, director Pey- Peyton Reed and screenwriter Jessica Berndinger hint that they would like to make more bring it on titles that expand the film's universe now. Erin, come to you first on this one. Uh, are you a Bring It On fan? And are you excited for the potential Bring It On cinematic universe that we're going to get? Are you talking about Bring It On, the cheerleading film? Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, didn't, I didn't, didn't know that was a thing. Uh, I love Bring It On. Uh, I remember my mum hiding the DVD from me because she thought it was Mean Girls and didn't want me to be bullied, not only at school, but at home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so no uh, I love the Bring It On films um, but I kind of how does one does it just like change years every like they just like change out the characters it's the same thing over and over again because the original one is the best mm-hmm. with what's her name and Kirsten Dunst and she does a back tuck double handspring back tuck standoff thing yes the yes. iconic move, yeah. <laughs> you can't actually get better than that. So I, I, I've now been on a roller coaster of emotions finding out that there's going to be new ones, but it's <laughs> never as good as that. It'll be interesting, it'll be interesting. And uh, Kwaku, when you hear about the Bring It On cinematic universe, is there any other uh, films or TV shows that you would like to see the, the universe of which expanded? <laughs> there you're asking. Um... I'm a big, I love a big, I love comedy films. Huge, mm-hmm. huge fan of them. Uh, so I'm trying to think. So things like Police Academy and Airplane and stuff like that, I absolutely yeah. love them. So I wouldn't mind. I mean, I know, I know there were seven Police Academies, which was a bit much. When it got to Mission to Moscow, it was that one I didn't enjoy at all. The mm-hmm. first six, all good. So maybe recreate that now 
that yeah. um, I think the plots will be kind of different because of ongoing issues with police brutality that we can, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to make that into a comedy but I will Quack who wants a Police Academy sequel that explores police brutality you heard it here first folks um, and that is us on first time for today <laughs> are we leaving that there? are we leaving that there? absolutely that was, that was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> we'll love to remain topical on this show. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Uh, don't forget to check out our back catalogue on Spotify, iTunes, whenever you get the podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter uh, and Instagram and find us on Facebook, all at First Time Films. Uh, we will be back next time uh, where Ian Shearer will be making his hosting debut. He will be joined uh, by Ailey Lone and our very own Erin Michael um, as they talk about, uh, speaking of Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson and William Defoe film uh, The Lighthouse so they'll be giving their thoughts on that but for today I say goodbye to Kwaku Aji, Kwaku thank you for coming on Thank you very much, sorry I was too negative but I will (laughs) (laughs) And Erin, everyone will hear from you next time Oh yeah, get ready (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thanks for joining us, see you later on